This episode of Juice Crew Radio is brought to you by Try Best, making healthy living easy. Well, welcome. Welcome to Juice Guru Radio. Discover what the magic and power of juicing can do for you. And now, your host, best-selling author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Juice Fasting, Steve Prusak. Well, hello and welcome to the show. We've got Sunny Supermani, and she's going to be on the show, author of The Compassionate Chick's Guide to Do-It-Yourself Beauty, DIY Beauty. We're going to hear all about why we have to get tuned into what's in your makeup and things like that. So grab yourself a juice, some water, tea. We'll be back right after this with Sunny Sabramanian. Did you know you can make a great living in the hottest new business trend today? The Juice Guru Certification Program is the world's first online course to give you the knowledge and marketing skills to excel as a juicing coach and start making money in no time. Find out more at juicecoachtraining.com. Well, welcome back to the show. We've got Sunny here. Sunny, I don't want to delay anymore. I know you're the first vegan beauty blogger to hit the scene back in 2007, running the website Vegan Beauty Review. Uh, Welcome to the show right now. We're really excited about your new book. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> you know, your, your last name was really getting me there. You want to pronounce it for our listeners? Sure. It's Subramanian. It's got a lot of letters and vowels. Okay. Subramanian. I, I think I said it like three different ways, but thank you for helping me out there. <laughs> All good. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. Well, congratulations to the book. It's called The Compassionate Chick's Guide to DIY Beauty. Let, let's get into how you got involved in this and, and, and find out exactly what's going wrong with beauty products today. Okay. So I'm vegan in 2000. So I've been practicing a vegan lifestyle and diet for a really long time. But it wasn't until I had my first baby in 2012 when I got pregnant that I realized you know, there's so many toxic chemicals in our cleaning products and beauty products. And if you have little kids or pets, you know, it's, it's, it's a good idea to be concerned about what's on the floor and what you're cleaning with because obviously they're, they're going to touch everything and fingers will go in the mouth. And then it got me thinking like, well, if I want things to be safe for my baby, like I want them to be safe for me too. Right. <laughs> and all my loved ones and everybody. And the more and more research I did, I realized that chemicals are in everything, pretty much anything you could buy at any store, convenience store, grocery store, whatever. Like it's all like chock full of stuff that's actually really bad for you. Um, So I made it a point to find ways to make things on my own. Like I also buy beauty products that are made with clean ingredients, but I make a lot of stuff on my own using products, ingredients that I have at home in my kitchen or in my bathroom. So it's just become really easy and convenient and it saves a lot of money and it's fun to do. Right, because because our skin is actually an organ, right? I mean, we what we put in our skin gets absorbed into our body, right? Yes. Okay. So our skin is our largest organ, and it absorbs up to sixty percent of everything we put on on it, and that includes even like if you're washing your clothes in a specific detergent, and then you know those clothes are rubbing up on your skin, it can seep in through that way, or your shampoo, your body lotion, and women you know, we're always slathering on products and putting on makeup. We use up to 200 chemicals per day, which is absurd when you think about it. It's insane. Yeah. So, and and most people aren't aware that, you know, what to even look for when we look at the label. Is that right? Yeah. I think because it's so mainstream, like you can't really know what to look out for unless you've already done some kind of research or it's already on your radar. Um, so you kind of have to make a list or just be aware. It's kind of like when reading food ingredient labels at the grocery store, when you see a really long list of something that should be simple like crackers, but there's like a hundred ingredients, you're like, hold up, 
this should be like flour and water. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So if there's a really long list, you know it's probably full of preservatives and chemicals and food dyes and you know like things that don't need to be in there but are most likely in there because they're cheap ingredients or they're used for preservatives so that the product can have a longer shelf life. Is there a correlation between cruelty-free vegan products versus more natural products? I mean, could it be cruelty-free but also be pretty toxic to your body too? So yeah, those things, those three things um, are definitely independent. So something could be vegan but not cruelty-free. Something could be cruelty-free but not vegan. And it, something could be vegan and cruelty-free but not all natural or healthy for you. So vegan means mm. that there's no animal ingredients whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's no beeswax or lanolin or squalene, carmine, tallow, collagen, stuff like that. If something's cruelty-free, that means that nothing's been tested on animals, none of the ingredients, none of the byproducts, there's been no third-party testing, and it's not sold in any countries where animal testing is required by law. So something could be cruelty-free, but it has animal ingredients in it, you know what I mean? Right. And then there's the all-natural green beauty which means it's got really clean ingredients and there's no preservatives or chemicals, but it might have some animal-derived ingredients in it. So, you know, it gets a little tricky to look for all three, like the perfect magical combo, but there's definitely a lot of overlap because, you know, a very similar audience, just a little bit different. And what about GMOs? Is there an issue with GMO products to put on our skin? So, you know, honestly, personally, I'm a little less concerned about GMOs because then you're, you're talking about, you know, mixing genes of different things for the better. And there hasn't been a lot of evidence or proof of how that's going to factor into, you know, how it affects our body down the line. Right. Like right now, it's just like, oh, this gene makes this and it makes a banana bigger or whatever, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's more toxic. It just changes the, it's kind of like humans mating with different humans and we have different, our children have different attributes. It's kind of like, it's funky and weird. And I think mother nature maybe doesn't like the whole GMO thing, but I don't know if it plays a huge factor into like, like whether something's safe or not. So it's, I don't consider that like a big deal. What about organic? Do we want to gravitate towards more organic ingredients? I definitely think that's a big deal. And, um, like I know there's this thing called like the dirty 30. <laughs> like there's, there's certain fruits and vegetables that are more toxic than others, like specifically mm-hmm. ones that don't have peels where you're just like straight up biting into them, where the chemicals and the fertilizers um, uh, and um, insecticides seep into the veggies like directly. Um, like strawberries, most berries and apples, like those are ones that you kind of want to avoid. But bananas, avocados, those are kind of like, you know, if you're going to buy something not organic, like it's kind of okay to get those. But when it comes to berries, like those are hella not good. <laughs> if right. they're not organic or you just got to wash them like crazy. But even if you wash them, like that only takes care of the outside, like the chemicals seep into the actual body of the fruit as well. So I think organic's pretty important and I know it does have a higher price point so if you can Mm -hmm. do it when you can and if you can't all the time just do it when you know it's you know this fruit definitely let's do it with that you know (laughs) so sort of a a gravitating course towards the clean 15 as well yeah the clean 15 exactly exactly and do labels tell the whole story or there are things admitted from the product labels so I mean As far as shopping for vegan and cruelty-free, there are some certifications and logos you can look for on products, like um, Leaping Bunny is a really big one, and PETA's Beauty Without Bunnies, and sometimes 
they'll say like vegan certified or vegan society. There's like a whole bunch. Um, but a lot of those cost brands money and smaller companies might not have the funds to do that or not at the time or whatever. So looking for logos is the easiest step. And the second easiest step is, you know, reading the ingredients. Um, I like to do all these steps because I'm <laughs> paranoid like that. Uh-huh. Um, but if you can't find out the info of something's vegan or cruelty free or like, what is this ingredient? Like, I don't recognize it. Is it just like a you know scientific name for an all natural ingredient? I would just reach out to the company um, and just verify like, okay, I just want to make sure this, these are clean ingredients and what is this one? And can you just verify you don't do any animal testing third party or otherwise? And, you know, cause they, they will know the answer more than anybody. <laughs> and sometimes labels don't always say everything. And there's a lot of greenwashing going on, especially because there is a bigger trend and, you know, people are leaning more towards organic and all natural. So people are slapping on, you know, all natural and green, good for you, healthy, this, that. And then you read the ingredients and you're like, oh my gosh, because <laughs> there's no regulation in, the, in that field right now. Like beauty brands can slap all those labels on there and there's no repercussions whatsoever. But hopefully that, that'll change soon. Hopefully. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So what are some of the more common toxins to look for the regular beauty products? And, and maybe you can talk about why we should identify those because they're bad for us. Well, parabens are a big one and they're preservatives, you know, again, to maintain a longer shelf life, but they're known hormone disruptors um, and they can affect fertility and developmental delays in children. There's things like formaldehyde and fragrance and phthalates and triclosan. And most of these are hormone disruptors or endocrine disruptors. Um, Some ingredients can cause respiratory issues. And yeah, I mean, fertility is a big issue these days. Like a lot of women are, are struggling with that. And who knows, like it could be that there's all these chemicals in your body from the products that you're using. And there's, um, I'm trying to think of the website. It's like environmental working and environmental working group, I think is the website. Mm-hmm. And they have a database that lists every single chemical and it rates how toxic it is. And you can even enter the name of a product like, oh, I use this soap by this brand and you enter it in and it'll like break down all the ingredients in there and how toxic they all are. And then like an overall rating. So that's pretty, pretty handy. Wow. Okay. And what about animal testing? Because, you know, I don't know if a lot of people are aware about what goes on in the labs when they're trying to test products for safety. Yeah. What do we need to know about um, animal cruelty and, you know, testing on animals? So it's pretty archaic and more and more companies are kind of veering away from that. I mean, especially when you're dealing with like makeup and skincare and it's just like lotion and whatnot, like you don't need to put that in bunnies eyes and they use bunnies frequently um, because they don't have tear ducts. So their eyes won't water. So they get more, a more genuine reaction from the chemicals in their eyes. And that's like to use an under eye cream or a moisturizer that's just it doesn't even make sense it doesn't make sense at all especially if the chemical has been tested already and so more and more companies are going cruelty free in fact a um, cover girl which is like huge mainstream cosmetics brand just got leaping bunny certified recently which is a big deal because you can find them in drugstores and they've agreed to not sell in China where animal testing is required by law and they're a huge company. So they're kind of losing out on a lot of business, but I think they're paving the way as far as these big, big, big beauty brands, you know, to make that a thing of the past because it really, 
it doesn't, it, it's so archaic. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Now, what's the benefit to making our, your own uh, vegan beauty products? Oh, well, first of all, they're really fun to make. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're 100% in control of what the ingredients are. And it's so funny that you could buy this really fancy like anti-aging oil or whatever at the store that costs like a million bucks and has all these crazy ingredients. And it'll be like, oh, and it's got argon oil. And then you read the ingredients and the argon oil is like all the way at the end. It's like at the bottom. Um, When you could just literally buy argon oil and smather that magical stuff all over your face. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? They're way more effective um, because there's no fillers. There's no preservatives. There's no, like you don't need artificial colors and dyes in your beauty products. That's just, you know, to make it more appealing on the shelf. So you know what's in there. You know it's vegan, cruelty-free, clean ingredients. Um, It saves you a lot of money and a lot of the ingredients you buy to make these DIY beauty products can be used for so many different recipes. So it's not like you're just investing to make one recipe. Just buy these ingredients in bulk and you're covered. And um, they're better for the environment because these chemicals in the beauty products that you buy at stores, you know, they wind up going into the waterways and the soil. And so it's not good for the environment. And yeah, so it's cheaper. It's fun to do. It's better for your skin. Like so much better for your skin Mm. and more potent. Yeah. They work really well. So is that what led to the book? Is it's called The Compassionate Chick's Guide to DIY Beauty. So through this book, we can really uh, start experimenting with all this? Yeah. Um, there's recipes for skincare and hair care and oral care. <laughs> there's nice. like bug spray recipes. I kind of have you covered in like every which way. And there's even um, recipes for men in there. But literally, I think, and it's kind of like back back in the day, like pre-industrial revolution. Like this is what people used to do. Like a lot of these recipes are just super old school and I'm bringing them back. You know what I mean? And if you have things like olive oil and coconut oil and salt, sugar, baking soda, apple cider vinegar, fresh fruit and like bananas and avocados, like you're, you can make like just with what I listed there, like probably... 50 to 100 recipes, you know what I mean? Wow. Like body scrubs and face masks and foot soaks and hair rinses. It's so incredibly easy and simple, and they don't take long to make it all. So you're in control of the ingredients. And plus, I mean, I imagine you save a lot of money doing it this way, right? So much money. Yeah. And I, I just order my stuff from Amazon, and it's already really affordable. And then you get the free shipping. And then, like, if you buy, I mean, like if you buy a bag of baking soda, it's going to last you for so long. And baking soda, just like <laughs> apple cider vinegar, are one of the are like magical ingredients that can be used in so many recipes for like cleaning things and like not just your body and your face, but like floors and toilets. <laughs> They're nice. so versatile. Yeah. And they don't cost much. Like baking soda is so cheap, as is vinegar, as is, you know, olive oil stuff like that. Well, the book's available on Amazon, or we can get it from your website at veganbeautyreview.com. Is that the best place? Yeah, yeah. Amazon's probably the best. Great. We'll we'll have a link over at the show notes. So you've been blogging for a long time, really, one of the first, probably the first vegan beauty blogger out there. And, um, you know, how how has it evolved in that world? And what are your plans for the future? So the reason I started the blog back in 2007 was I went online looking for vegan beauty product suggestions 
And there was no blog out there. It was even hard to find vegan beauty products, period. I was, it was like pulling teeth and I was like, oh my God, I need to fill this void. Like I need to be that person. So um, I started my blog and I started reaching out to like any companies I could find. And literally at that time in 2007, I reached out to every vegan beauty brand there was, which wasn't many. It wasn't many. And now just veganism and vegan lifestyle, just people are hyper aware and it's on their radar and it has blown up. Like I can't keep track of brands. I can't, it's, it's too, it's, it's like a beautiful problem to have. Right. It's a saturated market, but in a good, good way. Um, and there's, yeah, it's just exploded. And, and I feel like more people are starting to care and it's just cause it's being talked about. Yeah. So are you going to continue with the blog now? You got the book out and are you going to continue to educate about this so more people are aware? Yeah, always. I'm definitely creating new recipes and posting them on my blog along with, you know, just any other vegan lifestyle tips. I just want to help spread veganism. Nice. I feel like it's the way of the future. It's better for the animals. It's better for your body. It's better for the environment. It's like a win-win-win all around, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. What was your journey to vegan? How did you first find out about it? How did you transition? What was that story? Well, I, my whole life, I had always said, I love animals. Like, I've always been a huge animal lover, but there was that disconnect because I, I, I knew like animals were tasty and I, I liked eating them, but I loved animals and I struggled with that. Mm. Um, and in college, I signed up for a course. It was a philosophy and ethics course. And I knew that the professor had a reputation of being like hardcore animal rightsy and showing the PETA videos. And I was like, you know what? I need to do this. I need to, I need someone to like slap me into wokeness. <laughs> so, oh, uh, so I took the course and sure enough, like I went vegan overnight. I didn't even have a vegetarian phase. And most people in that class went through you know, they went veg or vegan, probably didn't last more than a week, a month, whatever. But I went overnight and it just stuck with me. And it was, it's like, once you know, you can't unknow. And I saw the footage and I did a bunch of research and I just was very thorough about it and became very, very passionate at the time. I've since like calmed down a little bit, but yeah, once you Mm -hmm. get exposed to that information, it's like, what is going on here? It's like a parallel universe. Nothing makes sense. And are you raising your daughter vegan too, or how's that um, working out? So I have two sons, and yeah, they've been vegan since <laughs> inception, since I've been vegan since 2000, which is keeping the whole family vegan, and it's been great. Yeah. Right, see, it can be done. And how has your uh, family responded to, you know, changing and promoting a vegan lifestyle? I mean, I, it's becoming more uh, accepted these days, though, isn't it? It is definitely more accepted these days. Um, I, I'm really grateful in that department. I never, I've always had full support. Um, in Good. fact, I think that I've been like a really positive influence on family members and like people I've dated. And you know what I mean? Like, I think, and and I think the key is to never be pushy or like you need to do this. It's just you know, show lead by example or like casually you know bring up some information, but never like push it down anyone's throats. Just like show what's available. <laughs> So is this your plan for the future? Are you continue blogging or do you have any other directions that, you, um, that you're thinking about for the future? 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep blogging. That's like a big passion of mine. And I'm just working. I'm actually working on another book idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then I'm just wor- focusing more on like wellness, um, just doing lots of yoga and meditation and just like working that into the whole vegan thing. So it's become, I think my vegan beauty review website's turning into more of like a wellness, wholeness kind of just overall healthy vibe. <laughs> It's Sunny Supermanian. The website again is veganbeautyreview.com. And the book, of course, we got the link up at juicecrewradio.com. Get yourself a copy of The Compassionate Chick's Guide to DIY Beauty. Do it yourself, beauty. Do it at home. Save money. Better for the planet and better for the animals. Sunny, thanks so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was lovely. A lot of fun. I'm Steve Prusak, and we'll see you next time listening to juice guru radio find out more about us at juice guru until next time get your juice on